0: hello and welcome to the living on purpose podcast with sam and pastor john we are excited that you're listening to us and we want to dive into the next question this is episode 20. wow 20 episodes 20 we made it that's cool thank you for listening all right here's the question what is going on at
1: asbury university and do you believe it is real yeah, this is, a, this is an explosive topic right now. Yeah, a lot yeah it's of,
0: all over social media and even the news.
1: Yeah, it's been all over the place. Mm-hmm. I've, I've seen it, like you said, on the news. Uh, churches are talking about it. You see it all over Twitter. It's a big thing right now. And so a lot of people have a lot of different opinions about it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad that we have this question to kind of talk through. Sure. So, first of all, we have to ask another question, and that question is, What is Asbury College? Okay. So, I don't really know much about this place, so I looked it up, and what I found is it's a private Christian college or university in Wilmore, Kentucky. And so, the question is, and that's what people want to understand, what exactly is going on? Well, there's a revival, so to speak, that's going on there right now. And so, what is that all about? Well, let's talk about it. For nearly two weeks, People from all over the country have flocked to Asbury University in Wilmore to take part in what's now being considered a historic revival on their campus. So a regular service that started February 8th, it turned into what people are calling a revival, and it's brought tens of thousands of people to the small town. Uh, one of the things I did find out is that it does have plans to end next week. Now, it's weird to say end the revival, right? Right. But as far as their scheduled times of gathering and worshiping and hearing the Bible and reading scripture and all the things that they've been doing, testifying of God's goodness, repenting of sin, all these things, okay? So the the president of the university said, as we enter the third week of this renewal movement, our desire is to be faithful to our mission as a student-centric Christian university Uh, Dr. Brown, who is the president. He said, further, we believe that the continued flourishing of such a movement invites us to commission our Asbury community, visiting students, and other campus guests from across the world to neighbor-serving, God-honoring work. After much prayer and discussion with campus leadership, we have established a schedule for the upcoming week that is available on the university website. So by the time you hear the podcast, it will be coming to a conclusion. Sure. This was the beginning of the week. And so, really, by the end of the week, the university wants to get back to their regular schedule. But, man, this is the thing. It's taken the news, the country, the church by storm. Everyone is watching. Everyone's paying attention. Now, here's the thing. Everyone has a different opinion about this. And so, I think it's important to, first of all, begin with what we know for sure. Mm -hmm. First of all, uh, very humble beginnings And what I would call continuations, okay? This is the first one. It began with what I would consider, and man, I say this humbly, please know my heart here. It began with what I would consider a mediocre sermon on loving God and others in forgiveness, patience, those kinds of things. So when this took place, my wife and I did what everyone did, and we went to YouTube. And we found the original sermon, the original chapel service, basically is what it was. And we watched the sermon And it was not executed the greatest. It was not some phenomenal speaker. It was not like Billy Graham-esque type stuff. Yeah. Uh, It was just kind of plain, kind of simple. Uh, It was kind of funny. The guy almost stepped on a screw, and he stopped in the middle of the sermon, and he picked up the screw and kind of made an awkward joke about it. (laughs) So it was kind of strange. It's also very uh, challenging to me personally. It's also convicting because it just reminds me that it doesn't matter the eloquence of man. Yeah. It's God who changes people. Yeah. We have to remember that, right? There are times when I preach sermons, I thought, man, that went really well. And it didn't seem like much fruit from, came from it. And then there are other times where I preach sermons and I thought, man, that was brutal. And God really used it. You know why? Because he's God. Because it's, it's about God. It's not <laughs> right, about us. Right. And so I think this is really profound. Now, here's something that maybe is even more profound. It's continued with what I would consider also mediocre worship music. If you listen to this online, the music that they've been singing and playing, it's, it's not great. It's, it's very minimal
0: instrumentally, and yeah. there's no production at all to it.
1: No, there's no production element to it at all. It's, it's, it's not the Sam Kraut show. Uh, please retract that. <laughs> that is not my goal. Yes, I know. I know. Yeah. But it's it's not uh professionally done well. It's not like other universities, right? It's not mm-hmm. like other churches. And I even found this out, some of uh the most well-known worship musicians uh I don't know for sure if Carrie Job was one that asked to do this, but I know she went down there, mm-hmm. but there were others that got a hold of the university and said, "Listen, we'd be willing to come do worship for you." And the university told them, no, thank you. Right, right. It's all student-led worship. Yeah. I read
0: something that they actually take teams backstage and pray with them for an hour wow. or two before they come out. But, yeah, it's it's very minimal, and it's very intimate.
1: Yes. And so it's, it's not been about a production. It's not been about um, eloquence of a speaker, which I find to be really refreshing. Sure. Another thing is it's grew as people have come from all over the country to participate and also to investigate. Some people have come to participate. They want to see what God is doing there. Other people are skeptical, and they've gone to investigate. And like I said, there's a lot of different opinions. Uh, it's, it's involved worship music. It's involved prayers of confession, scriptural readings. It started with a sermon, all these kinds of things. In And something that's really come out of it that's kind of cool, it's spurred other Christian colleges and ministries into revival-like gatherings and gospel-centered ministries. Now, something that hits home for me is my daughter, my oldest daughter, goes to Cedarville University. My youngest daughter will be attending Cedarville University next year. And Dr. White, the president of Cedarville, he was gone for three weeks, vacation, some other issues and different things that caused him to be away from the campus. He comes back... He finds out about what is going on at Asbury, he gets up in front of the student body at Cedarville and he challenges them to consider what's happening in Asbury, not to duplicate it per se, but to challenge the, the kids there to really get excited about the Lord. And so they began to have prayer meetings and worship times together. And those sessions filled up with lots of people, I'd say hundreds, maybe thousands of kids. Yeah. And so it's been profound, what has taken place in prayer and worship. And then What took place is that uh, Dr. White, he literally challenged the kids at Cedarville. I don't know exactly how this worked. I didn't ask my daughter. But he challenged them to leave campus and to go to different state universities and to preach the gospel. Awesome. It's cool, isn't it? Yeah. So you had students going to different places like Ohio State University where the gospel is really needed. (laughs) Okay, that's a joke. (laughs) And then also, uh, students, and just in light of what took place at Michigan State with the shooting, there were Cedarville students on campus at Michigan State. So they literally left Ohio, and they were going into other states. My daughter went with a group into Kentucky, another Christian college, and uh, they were going around the campus, uh, and they were telling people about Jesus. That's what it's all about. So it's incredible what has happened from this revival at Asbury. Mm -hmm. Now, what would be my concerns with it? I do have a couple of concerns, and I do want to share those concerns. I want you to understand that I'm not trying to be negative. I just think it's important for us to look at everything whenever we're determining if something is of God, if something is ordained by God. Do I believe this is of God? I have a hard time saying no to that. Mm -hmm. And so I would say as of what I know now, yes, God is doing something cool. Yeah. But there are some concerns as well. The first one is that revival cannot be manufactured. It's a movement of God and God alone. Now, if you go to Asbury's website, it literally says on their website, Asbury University has been known through the years for its history of great revivals. There have been several occasions when significant moves of the Holy Spirit have swept the campus and reaped across the nation. Now, that may be true. I struggle with that a little bit when I hear that they put that on their website because, you know— it's something that God does, not what you do. And I don't know that they're trying to be proud about that. I just think that we just have to be very careful when it comes to manufacturing something like, and I'm always thinking of that when it comes to my preaching style, because I'm very energetic and emotional um, and motivational. But at the end of the day, sometimes it's the most boring, simplistic, just doesn't have a whole lot of personality to it moments where God does something miraculous. Mm -hmm. And so, revival cannot be manufactured. So, I would just say this, uh, and I'll talk about it more in just a few moments, what I really believe revival is, but it's important to understand it can't be manufactured. So, you might ask the question, do you believe that Asbury is manufacturing it? As of right now, I do not believe that. Mm -hmm. But I think over time, we'll see what comes of it. Yeah, yeah. Another uh, consideration that uh, does uh, concern me is that some of their doctrine would not be where I stand. Uh, they are what's called Wesleyan holiness tradition. And so there's a couple of things that they believe. One thing is entire sanctification. So we believe in justification. You're declared righteous. You you become a believer in Jesus at a moment in time. And then over the course of your life, you're sanctified. Uh, sanctification is where we get the concept or understanding of holiness, where you're distinct, you're separated from sin unto God Uh, And then someday we'll receive glorification where we'll receive a a brand new body and sin will no longer have its clutches into our life in any way, shape, or form. What they believe at Asbury is that you can attain to entire sanctification or perfection in this lifetime. So they literally believe that you can get to that place. And I think that's a dangerous belief to have because ultimately the sin nature never leaves you and you're always gonna be faced with it. Another belief that they have that maybe is even more concerning to me is that Wesleyan theology does not believe in eternal security. They do not believe that once you're saved, you're always saved. They believe that you can lose your salvation. I think I mentioned this last week. It would be a great podcast to talk about if someone's interested. For sure. But someone has to ask me. You gotta email. You gotta email. So here's the thing. The reality is, is that um, that does change how you live your life. If you believe that you can lose your salvation then you're in what's called an Arminian type of view where you know you believe you gained salvation, now, not necessarily by your own good works, people would say. But the tension is if you believe you can lose your salvation, then you're always going to be living in this place where you're focused on works instead of grace. Yeah, and I think that's really important to understand this. And so as believers in Jesus, once you are sealed with the Holy Spirit, you cannot be unsealed. And so sometimes you know this type of uh, theology will lead to people almost living in legalism Mm -hmm. trying to achieve certain things because they don't want to lose their salvation yeah and so it's just a danger and it's just something that i would say is a is a concern so what are my ultimate thoughts about the asbury uh, revival i want to give you four number one give it time before you judge it i think that's really important right Some people are saying, well, it's all emotionalism. That's all that it is. Well, maybe it's not. Maybe it's a movement of God that's sweeping across our country. We don't really know. Mm -hmm. I mean, we see what we see. The early returns look pretty strong. But the reality is is that time will tell. Time will tell. And so it's important for us to understand this. Give it time before you judge it. I don't think you need to fully embrace it. I don't think you need to dismiss it right now. I think you need to just watch what's happening and pray. Mm -hmm. Pray about it. The second thing I would say, and I want to say this emphatically, seeing a ton of young people passionate about God is amazing. Absolutely. And we need to praise God for that. We need to thank God for that. Because even if some of it is emotionalism and it's not real, there's definitely a lot of young people right now across our country that are passionate about God. There's a lot of young people from Cedarville University that went out and shared the gospel. There's a lot of people at Asbury that are using this moment to repent of their sin, and to draw close to Jesus. And that is a positive thing. Absolutely. So we must embrace what God is doing in young people's lives. And even if the whole thing doesn't turn out to be what we maybe thought it was going to be, one thing is for sure, there are definitely some young people, and appears to be many, who are really turning to Jesus. And listen, in a generation where millennials, and especially Gen Z, are walking out of the church, like no one's business, we cannot afford to take these moments for granted. Absolutely. Okay, so what is it? Let me tell you what revival is, okay? This is biblically what I think it is, what I believe it is. Two things. This would be numbers three and four. So number one, give it time before you judge it. Number two, it's incredible to see what God is doing in at least some young people's lives. Three and four, and two thoughts as we close. What is revival? True revival is birth out of repentance. Second Chronicles 7 verse 14, I understand that God is speaking to his people Israel, but I believe the principle applies to us as New Testament believers today. He says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and what does it say? Turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. I will heal their land. What's the focus? It's on repentance. Mm -hmm. Anytime you have true revival, you have repentance. What is repentance? It's an understanding of your sin and it's a turning from it. It's a change of mindset. You're walking in one direction, you turn around, now you're walking in the other direction. God has smote your heart with such guilt over your sin that you turn to God in His grace and it leads to a change in your life. That's what it is. It's not emotionalism, it's not just going through the motions, it's not duty, it's truly a desire to repent of your sin. It always begins with that. Everything that's good in the Christian life begins with repentance. That's the first thing. The second thing is that a true revival moment or movement will lead to evangelism. I love what Acts 2 and verse 37 says through 41. It says, when the people heard this, now what's it talking about? It's talking about when Peter got up and he preached the gospel to all these Jews, many of which were responsible for crucifying Jesus all of which were not following Jesus. And the Bible says when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said, go to church. Is that what he said? He did not. Peter said, get baptized. Is that what he said? It's not what he said first. The focus in the verse is what he says. And he says, repent. And then in the Greek language, um, the focus of the prepositions is, gives the idea that you repent and then on the basis of your repentance be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that Day. What was Peter calling for? He was calling for repentance. He was calling for repentance that did what? It led to evangelism. People were saved. That's what it leads to. And so we have to understand this whether it's in our own lives and the lives of others, a true revival always has two centerpieces attached to it it always has repentance and it always has evangelism. And so in the days that come, we're going to watch and see what's happened in Asbury, we're going to watch and see what's happened in Cedarville. We're going to watch and see what's happened in a lot of other Christian universities, and not just not just Christian universities, but all around our country. We're going to wait and see. My greatest advice for you with this is when I answer the question, do you think it's real? I do think it's real. Do I think there's some concerns? Yeah, I do think there's some concerns. But I also believe that my God is bigger than man's mistakes, and God can do just about anything. Actually, let me rephrase. God can do anything. And the reality is, is that he's doing a mighty work, at least in the lives of some students right now. Greatest thing that we can do is give it time before we judge it, be thankful for those lives that have been changed, and really understand that true revival always involves repentance and evangelism.
0: I love it. I love it. I'm so fired up up about this. Thank you for sharing your thoughts, Pastor John, and thank you for listening to our podcast. We invite you to ask more questions. You can send those to john at weareemmanuel.life and we will answer your question on a future episode. Thanks for listening.